0: Listeners, this is our last and final episode of Let's Be Us. I'm your host, Dewan Fonset, class of 2024. I'm Kalia, joining, also class of
1: 2024.
2: And I'm Elijah, also class of
0: 2024. And on our final episode of Let's Be Us, we are returning with our favorite book that started our whole podcast, Our Colors. We're going to continue with the story of our main protagonist, Sora, a coming-of-age story of discovering that you are gay and trying to understand yourself and develop with today's society and gaining a better understanding of yourself. Now, to recap what happened in episode one and recap with the first three episodes of this book, we discovered that Sora meets a old man who is also gay, and they meet at a cafe, and the owner is Mr. Amamiya. Sora learns that Amamiya is a gay man, but confidence, and he is very curious of where he got the confidence. We learn a little bit about Sora's crush in school, na- nicknamed Yoshi, but we also know that he is a heterosexual boy. They are teenagers. And he wants to learn of how he can navigate in high school and convey his feelings to his crush or probably keep it to himself. And we also learn that his childhood best friend, Neo, is also interested in being his boyfriend. But she's not really confident in the idea of dating him because of the fact that they are childhood friends. But Neo's best friend is more interested in... And at the final chapter, in chapter 3, she explains her feelings to him, and Sora denies her advances, and is shook a little bit by this, and he is filled with anxiety. So we're going to start off with chapter 4 of Our Colors, and moving forward, giving more details and explaining of Sora's development and coming in terms with his sexuality. So I'm going to start there. Now, moving forward, in chapter four, we are introduced to Sora running away from the young girl after she explains her feelings. And as he runs away, he is reminiscing that moment of feeling overwhelmed and scared and took him back because he does not know how to Lie or tell the truth in the right way to make her understand why he is not interested. But we see him contemplating with this idea in class and feeling a little bit very overwhelmed. And his best friend, also crush, Yoshi, asks him, is he okay? He wants to check on him. And, you know, Sora kind of denied him. He denied him and, you know, he says, I can't talk right now. Yeah, I'm okay, but, you know, when you hear that from a best friend, you're not really okay. And he runs away to the rooftop of the school building. And he's starting to think about everything from his crush, from his best friend, and thinking about that strange girl confessing feelings and thinking about a lie to tell, or should he tell the truth, but he's too scared to tell the truth because of, the low confidence he has about his own sexual orientation. And he is overwhelmed by water. And the graphic novel is symbolizing him drowning. Now I'm going to pass it to my my two co-hosts to see, what do you guys think about that one scene?
1: Well, um, I did mention when we were going over the chapters, like just looking at the visuals, like I'm a big fan of that. Obviously the story uses a lot of panels, you know, obviously with text, But I feel like the ones that are the most impactful for me are the ones that don't have any text, that just rely on the visuals of Sora, what he's going through, what he's thinking, what his mentality is, and seeing while he's there on the rooftop, like, kind of, not so much his imagination, but his mind taking over, where he's in reality, he's just, you know, run off from people that cared about him, that, you know, wanted to be around him, and now he's in his lonesome, and he... You can see as the reader that water is coming up out of nowhere and it's an overwhelming feel- feeling. It's anxiety, it's paranoia, it's uncertainty and I really like that how encroaching it is on his body. Like literally he looks like he's gone into an ocean when he was just, you know, high in the sky on the rooftop. I really like that use of the visuals to really depict honestly the suffocating feeling that he had.
0: How do you feel, how accurate was the details to reality of me as a homosexual and, you know, you as a bisexual woman and we as gay men here? What is your opinion of how accurate of that feeling?
2: I want to say for me, from my experience as a gay man, um, I don't really know if it was necessarily more like, You know, that like drowning feeling, I think more so just like, you know, being stuck somewhere. I don't feel like I was drowning personally. It was more just like, you know, I can't really, you know, come out of the closet like a lot of people say. And so it's like waiting for that right moment to say what you want to say or like who to say it to or who to trust. And I think there's a lot of like questions that run through your mind when you have that sort of thing going on.
0: I personally liked how he was contemplating about lying and telling the truth and where is the thin line? Where is your answer? And I feel like that is an overwhelming feeling for anyone because, you know, it's to me, it's very private. But you also think that if I don't give an answer, it's going to leave suspicion. And if I give, give a answer, is it the right answer? And it's not my comfortability of this type of answer. You know, and it's hard to find that thin line. And When you keep overthinking and just keep thinking and thinking and thinking and it's just gallons of water just rushing to your feet and raising all the way up to your neck and you can't breathe and it's just a struggle. It's very much a struggle. I feel like it's pretty accurate and especially people are experiencing these things in high school, you know, with your sexual orientation, you know, you got to grow into that and you also got to learn more about it. But at the same time. When you're growing into that, you also got to grow with the other people who are not like you. And it's hard to explain that to other people because I'm the person that's trying to learn it myself.
1: Honestly, and I feel like because it's not the only time that Sora's anxiety is depicted. I'm not sure. um, Correct me if I'm wrong, um, Duan, but I feel like it's the first time the use of water is included in showing his anxiety.
0: I would like to say that. But rain was used previously before, but it was depicting more with sadness. So for anxiety, yes, but f- him feeling overwhelmed um, a little bit because when he when the girl did explain his feelings, he did ran to the water fountain and splash his face with water. But when we saw that scene, the details the artist gave with the water was just very detailed and it felt like that amount of detail for water stood out so to me it might say something but I could be wrong as well
1: okay I like that you point that out too like there's a point where water you know the physical sense of it is being used as like a coping mechanism for him like you know snap back to reality calm myself down you know reduce the anxiety but in this case with the water that actually isn't there it kind of goes along with this And I don't want to deny his anxiety, it's real, the feeling is real, but that his idea that it's so real that it's actually a problem in his life, it's, you know, subjective, it's in your mind. Anyone's anxiety can be based off of unfounded things and not the truth, you know, anxiety about a test. I'm going to do so terribly, I'm going to fail the class, and, you know, I won't make it for him. I feel like he might be conflating that idea, and that's why I feel like the water imagery is so drastic, and that actually lends itself more into the feelings of Sora, it's like all of a sudden, bam, he's like underwater in an ocean. And it's like, he was just on a rooftop. This is something that's all in his mind. It's not affecting anyone else. It's just him that's experiencing it. And it's so crushing for him.
0: Exactly. And I, I love that. I just, I love how the artist is just connecting with readers and it's amazing. And you know, the artist himself, he is a gay man and, You know, I'm glad that I feel like him telling this story, he's sharing a part of himself with us. And that's really cool. Now, let's move a little bit more forward because there's more stuff that we definitely got to dive a little bit more deep in. So after that experience, you know, young teenager, he skips class. I don't blame him. I do not blame him. After feeling like that, he skips class and he runs to his sanctuary the cafe now we get to meet Mr. Amamiya one more time and again he is going to be a prevalent person throughout the story but a very helpful counselor for Sora and he runs into his cafe and you know he's wet just drenching rain because after that it started raining and Mr. Amamiya was what's wrong? Why are you here? Like, why are you panicking? He explained to him, I'm about to have a panic attack. I need help. Like, I don't know what to do. And he started bombarding Mr. Amamiya with a lot of questions about his sexual orientation. And the dude was just like, are you gay? And Mr. Amemiya was like, yes, I am. I am a proud and confident gay man. What about it? And he's like, why are you saying it so casually? Why not? And he says, what's wrong? Is there something you're trying to tell me? Sora bluntly just yells out, look, man, I'm gay too. And I want to pause right there before I go either even more further. What does that say to any one of you guys?
2: I mean, to me, he has a trusting adult that he trusts for, you know, telling them what he feels and what he is. I feel like when you find someone like that, you like you feel more inclined to reveal more about yourself and be the person that you really are. And so when you have that like trusted adult or trusted friend, it comes naturally.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that I can take away from from this chapter is the fact that Sora it's a little bit desperate. He needs help and I felt that. And I remember when I came out It was like, you know, just saying it was freaking me out. And I can tell by the graphic novel that Sora was just panicking. Just saying the word gay freaks him out. And during my time of coming of age, anything related to gay just makes me shiver. And I can tell that he needs to release this and, you know him interrogating someone else about them being gay speaks because, like, you know, how the hell are you so normal about being gay? Why is this normal to you, but not normal to me? I need to know. And it's just that to me speaks so much volume. And, you know, when I came out, I talked to one of my uncles who is gay. And, you know, he explains to me that, like, you know, people in the past history and gay culture paved the way for us to be comfortable and be able to express ourselves loudly as possible. And I think Sora yelling that out loud, the yelling alone speaks volumes, literally, no pun intended.
1: Honestly, I agree with that. And I like that you honestly bring up that you know personal anecdote of you speaking with your uncle about that someone who's a trusted adult for you who was comfortable with his sexuality to explain that history with you um i feel like that
0: i would like to say when i say he is very comfortable with his sexuality my uncle will snap his finger if he had to address <laughs> someone that's how comfortable he is
1: <laughs> so he makes it apparent oh yes <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I feel like that's a good like connection for you personally as a reader with Sora and Mr. Amamiya because he's someone that's obviously a mentor to Sora. He's someone that doesn't feel ashamed of his sexuality, that he needs to hide for any reason. And he's a positive, literally a positive role model um, and picture of a healthy, mature homosexual man for Sora who feels like that's not possible for him right now in his situation. Again, the subjectivity, the anxiety and the isolation that comes from being in a heterosexually dominated world, thinking that if I do this, I'm going to be ostracized, I'm going to be put on a blacklist, no one's going to want to be around me, people are going to think something's wrong with me. And Mr. amamiya you know, not feeling like he has to put on a whole lecture for him and say, this is why you should come out, or this is why it's okay, so he's just saying, hey, I can say I'm gay and move on, just like saying, oh, I'm a man, I can move on. It's not something that needs to be put on a pedestal. It's not something that needs to be given, like, a trigger warning. Like, hey, just so you know, it's like, this is just who I am. It's as normal as being a person.
0: You know, in the book, we did also address that. After Sora yells that out loud, he did take a deep breath. That was a sign of relief. And then he apologized. And Mr. Amamiya, do not apologize for being gay. You should not be apologizing for being gay. And let this be a good antidote to all of you listeners. Do not apologize for being who you are. But I know I did say earlier that Sora was desperate. Now, I'm gonna dig a little bit more deeper. Instead of saying he was desperate, do you think he was jealous of Amamiya a little bit. Subconsciously jealous because he sees another grown man, and this is a man who is gay as well, same um, sexual orientation as him, but living comfortably and free. Do you think, is it desperate or jealousy?
2: Um, I think maybe it's more so just like, you know, this person's been comfortable with who they are for so long. And like, now that I'm getting the chance to do it, it's like, well, dang, they've really had like this, their entire lives to be comfortable with it. Like, I have a sister who's gay. And, you know, everybody knew she was gay, um, when she came out. And so like, I was kind of hiding under her shadow of like, you know, she's the only gay sibling right now. But when I wanted to come out, it was like, You know, I was kind of afraid that people would think that I just want to be here so bad. And so that's why I'm coming out as my identity. And so, you know, when you're given that circumstance, you feel like, well, you know, is this really me or is it not? Because I don't know, like, what coming out is like. And so, you know, for my sister, it felt natural. So I guess I can kind of relate in a way. Like, I wasn't jealous of her that she could be herself, but it was more like she is who she is and... You know, I'm glad that she's there,
0: but I also want to be there. That is so true. And I'm glad that you shared that. You know, it's like being on the same level as someone else who is in the same boat as you and, you know, seeing them, you know, rocking it and I can't rock it for some reason. And, you know, I wouldn't say it's jealousy. I say it was like, you know, a little bit envious, but, you know, I know that's the same word, but I feel like there should be a lighter tone for it and a little bit, you know, being very scarce to come out. But it's, it's just so complicated. And that's why I think the water is so important for this graphic novel. Because just how complicated it can be just being gay versus a person who is a heterosexual and can live more comfortably. And this is the struggle. And I'm glad to deliver this message to everyone that can listen. Now, moving forward, after Sorrell yelled out that he was gay unexpectedly, Nao, his childhood best friend, was at the door listening this whole time. She saw and noticed that he skipped class and followed him. And I know it's a little bit weird. You know, you're following somebody. But she was only doing it out of, you know, good faith of protecting him. Like, you know, this is not like him. Why is he skipping school? And she overheard the conversation. And, you know, she let herself in. And she was like, what's going on? And he was just shocked, and she walked away. And I think they were both a little bit confused. Why do you think um, Nao walked away?
1: Honestly, um, I'm just thinking back to the panels, too. Like, I feel like... Even the text, too. Like, what she was saying, she was like, I didn't mean to eavesdrop. And he said something along the lines of, like, oh, so you heard? And that was, again, something that he didn't expect... To happen, he didn't expect first of all to blurt out "I'm gay too," but he said it to someone that he was comfortable enough to confide in with that information, in a space that you described as a sanctuary, um, where he felt as close as he could to expressing himself. And I feel like with Neo being there, I feel like that's a relatable moment. Maybe not the magnitude of it because that's something that's very personal. But just when you're talking one on one with someone, you're having a conversation on information that. You don't intend to freely share with others. Having someone, even someone close to you, being present for that can be unexpected and it can be alarming and take you out of the moment, you know, to kind of add more of the insecurity. I think for Neo, because I sense that for myself, like I feel like I've experienced that being on the receiving end of accidentally eavesdropping on someone, coming to someone I was close to and being present for something that I didn't expect to be present for, like a friend saying, I don't know. Something on the lines of just something that's close information and it's like, oh, I wasn't meant to be here for this. I'm sorry. And it's like, I feel like for her too, Neo, I sense is a very respecting character, especially of Sora. Um, to the point where, you know, she was trying her best to, you know, I don't know. That situation with the girl that has the crush on him. It's just, I feel like she's a really good friend and that she's not trying to play into any rumors that go on. And I feel like with this too, it's another situation of her... Not trying to overstep any boundaries, trying to be respectful and consider my friend is going through something that I wasn't given permission to be a part of. So let me back away and let me give him time.
0: So not to be a little bit, just to be a little bit controversial. Do you think she was also overwhelmed, and do you think she has the right to be overwhelmed? Even though this has nothing to do with her, it's not like she's going through any of this. She's a bystander, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why you're feeling overwhelmed. I'm the one that's dealing with a crisis right now.
2: I actually have a personal story about that. So I came out when I was 13, and it was initially to my mom during um, Christmas Eve party. Um, I had a crush on someone in uh, middle school, and I was kind of moving away from them, and I had all these feelings, and I didn't know who to talk to about it, so it kind of just came out to my mom. But then, um, you know, I also expressed that to my gay sister that night, and then we both decided we should go downstairs and tell my parents. And so I told my parents, and, um, you know, my mom was okay with it. She already knew, but, like, my dad, um, you know, thinking about it now in a conversation I had recently with my mom, my dad actually needed a little bit of time to process it. He he wasn't, like, you know, he's not homophobic or anything. He just, he had this image in his mind of, like, you know, you know, my boy, he's not going to bring back any more women, and he's not going to, like, carry on the family name, and, like, is he going to have children? He doesn't like women anymore. I can't relate or whatever. But then he kind of got over it, but it did take him some time. And, you know, it did make my mom a little miserable during that time. So I think it affects more than just, um, you know, yourself when you come out
0: sometimes. That is true. And I'm so glad you shared that. I think, honestly, I think that was a very beautiful story. I know it might sound a little sour, but to me, I think I think that's a good ending. Like, you know, a little bit took him back, but it's something that grew onto him. And I'm glad that happened. And t- furthermore, to let you guys know, that also did grow on Nio, Na- Because, you know, she needed some time. And she thought about it and she accepted him. That's my best friend. We started, we was friends since kindergarten. You know, you know, I don't care that you're gay. You know, I did have a lot of pictures and images in my own head, my own fantasy, that one day, you know, my ch- my childhood best friend, we might end up dating one day and we can start a family. You know, this is the the somewhat man of my dreams, uh, the white horse and everything, We the Boy down the street, you know, that little whole trope about, you know, who to marry. But it's not going to happen. And you know what? Hey, it is it is what it is. And I'm glad. And that's what we have received from her. But, you know, and I'm glad that happened. You know, it is a bystander effect when coming out. It affects everyone, even your own social life. And I think the book did a good interpretation of this. And actually coming to the end of chapter four. Now, moving forward to chapter five, we get introduced to Nao in her bedroom and she receives a text message from Sora. And Sora is texting her like, you know, hey, can we meet at our you know favorite childhood hiding spot together around 3 p.m.? They get there, you know, they start talking, everything's relaxed. He bought her a drink and they at the playground. No one's there and they start chit-chatting and he starts explaining everything to her and what's going on and at the end of the conversation, you know, she is actually appreciative that he is sharing this information with her and I'm actually am proud that you came out to me and we're going to work together how that how does that make you guys feel by seeing that
1: i feel like honestly like this first of all this is the first book that you introduced to me of um tagami the um author and illustrator and honestly with how well he handles these various topics and the way that the characters react in their situations it almost feels like a beautiful, like, I don't want to say blueprint, but like a good like depiction of like, how to address, you know, someone's inner difficulty with their personality, with their sexuality, you know, it's like, it can be very relatable for people, you know, you may not have grown up, you know, wrestling with the idea of your sexuality, but there's obviously something that everyone's had to wrestle with, maturing, getting older, and Feeling like it's gonna be the end of the world if they tell people about this, if they open up about this, but if you have a good support network of people they're gonna still value you as a person regardless of what it is you're going through and what your struggle is. Like the struggle is only as big as you perceive it in your mind and if you have people that still reassure you that they're there for you, that this doesn't change anything in the terms of the relationship, that's okay. You're good. You don't have to feel like you're all alone in this, which I think a lot of people, I would say, fall into the trap of. And I think that's really easy to happen in high school where you feel like this one instance is going to change my life forever. And in this case, I'd say for Sora, it does, I think, in a positive way, you know, (laughs) coming to terms with your sexuality in a world where it's still stigmatized, where it's still fetishized and demonized like that's an understandable thing to take seriously and be apprehensive to let people know about but having someone like neo who is very you know open and willing to give him the time to talk about it to be willing to listen to him shows one her maturity but also the strong bond that they have you know going back to childhood
0: yeah and i like that because You're right. It is a little bit of a blueprint, a step-by-step guide. I feel like what you, I'm going to hop off what you um, touched on. I feel like with that scene, there's something everyone can take away from there. Even if you are not a person who is struggling with your identity and what you are. Like, I can just copycat what she did and just like relay my feelings in a positive way appreciate this person for coming out let them know like hey i appreciate you for sharing this with me because you do not have to share this with me this is yours this is all you like you know this has nothing to do with me and i appreciate that and you know i feel like Tamagaki did such a good job it's it's really good you know You know, another question I do want to touch on a little bit, the story does transfer back in the perspective of the parents, and I know we did talk about that coming out does have an effect on everyone, and when we do get a glimpse at the parents, the mom is daydreaming about her son being with Neo, and... She her husband, you know, Sora's dad was like, what are you daydreaming about? Oh, nothing. Young love. You know, you know, she is fantasizing about the two young couple to be together. You know, how do you guys predict what's going to happen with his parents if or when he's going to come out to them?
2: I feel like you can't really, you know, put, you know, emphasis on what will happen when that happens, you know, like with my story, like you, I didn't know or expect like my dad to have that sort of reaction. Like when you're a parent, I think you think differently about, you know, the people you love, like the kids you love, than like, you know, if you're a family friend or like an aunt or an uncle or something, because, you know, that information comes secondary to your immediate family. So, I mean, thinking about this image and, like, you know, daydreaming about these, like, aspirations you have for other people in your family, especially your kids. I think it can be very, um, I think it can be just be very diverting.
0: Yeah. It's a little encouraging. No, not encouraging. What's the word I'm looking for? Discouraging?
1: Yeah, the opposite.
0: It can be very discouraging to come out to your parents when your parents live this ideal in their own head and it's kind of weird you know why are you being weird I think that's weird for his mom to be you know fantasizing about two kids being together in their future and you know wishfully thinking about having grandkids like you know that's normal yes but you know I think he's a little bit too young to be wishfully thinking about this type of things right now
1: yeah I mean first of all (laughs) None of us are parents. None of us (laughs) can, you know, directly relate with, you know, the mom in that regard. Um, But I guess considering how often one is depicted in, like, the media of, you know, a family and the parents kind of, like, joking with their children, like, oh, so is this your new little friend? Or, oh, if if your child is already in a relationship... So when are we going to have those grandbabies? You know, stuff like that, like kind of egging them on. And even in real life, like I've heard people, you know, have experienced that too from their parents, even grandparents. And I think that plays into, again, the heteronormative, you know, aspect of the world that we live in, where that's kind of the expectation. It's a, it's an ironic and contradictory thing too, because at the same time, at least, you know, in Western culture, especially the U.S., there's like this strong dichotomy, like a thin line between, for children, a child should stay in a child's place, you don't need to talk to any boys, you don't need to talk to any girls, but then, at a certain point too, it's like, when you're gonna start, you know, looking around, when you're gonna start getting into a relationship, it's like, the expectations, and of course, it varies from person to person and families, but I think that being shown is a good um, depiction by Tagami of the real... Experiences that people have especially people who aren't heterosexual where they live in a family where that's the expectation You know whether they say it explicitly to the child or whether through their experiences as a family that's implied like We think and expect that you'll be in a relationship with a woman because you're a man and that's what we've grown up Experiencing and expect from you Um, It is weird just if you dig into it, it's weird but it's understandable considering the show, the social context of it. Like, this is how it is. So we expect that for the next generation. And obviously, that's not the case. And it shouldn't be considered the default for people's lives.
0: Honestly, and it makes me wonder, what if there was a, you know, a gay family? Like, you know, two dads and they have a daughter. I mean, what type of expectation do they have for her or If they have a boy, their son, you know, I think, you know, me as a gay man, I really don't think about it or I really don't care. Honestly, to sound more blunt, I kind of take everything as it is what it is. You know, they end up with whoever they want and pursuit a future and whatever happens, happens. I just don't want you to have a kid at an early age. (laughs) I, that's the only thing I care about. You know, do what I do. You can copy that. You don't have to copy what other parents have to do. Copy me. Have your kids at your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever it is, as
1: long as you're not hurting anyone, you're not hurting yourself,
0: we're good. See, I plan on having kids when I'm 30, and I'm expecting, you know, to adopt a kid around age 5. So by the when he reached thirty, so that would be what twenty five years, so you know thirty plus twenty five, I'll be what fifty five I'll be expecting to be a grandfather by then. so you you can take your time, you know, take your time, but you know, on a lighter note, we're gonna end this soon. I have one wonderful good question in the last chapter of this book. Is titled "Breathe," and what we do see—that's a good sign of symbolism—is Sora and Neo is sitting on a chair, and they're discussing his sexuality. And at the last panel, we get a image of them from the backside with light coming down, with you know a little bit of sparkles above. And Sora says, "I'm." gay and then he takes a deep breath and says it again i'm gay you know to me that's that's a lot and and i also want to ask you guys do y'all have any questions or comments or concerns about his development right now
2: um not really a question but to me i perceive that as you know he's trying to be loud and proud about it he's trying to Move into that phase where this is part of his life and this is him, and so I feel like he's getting used to it. He's playing with these terms and making them work for himself.
0: Honestly, I like it. Like, I feel like this has something to tie into when he yelled out, I'm gay, to Mr. Amamiya because he just bluntly just yells that out out of frustration, I'm gay. But this time, I'm gay. Like, those are two different meanings behind I'm gay. There's frustration and there's relaxation and comfortability. And I feel like the development right now for Sora, he is finally creating his own social life where he can finally be himself and don't have to worry about the norms of society and fit in in high school, which is very, very good. And I love how the artist just ties that in. And I think it's a beautiful idea.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's just, you know, it's it's a stepping point for him, you know? So obviously the stuttering, the hesitation the feeling of that anxiety building up, that's normal. You know, it's something new that he's doing. For me, since I've never, like, officially come out, I never had that experience with anyone, the closest that I can connect with that is, what I think a lot of people can connect you to, is the idea of, like, public speaking. You know, getting ready to be in front of a lot of people, even though for him, he's just in front of his close friend, which I'd say is more valuable than being around a bunch of strangers who don't know you anyway, like it carries that similar sentiment of there's an expectation, people are waiting to hear something from you and at least in this case is something important that you're trying to say, that you want to say and you're not used to it so I definitely appreciate that depiction one of Sora telling uh, Mr. Amamiya that he's gay and that really coming out in a sense when he's Overwhelmed, but in a space where he doesn't regret doing that.
0: Can I tag in on that? You know, I'm glad you mentioned that, and that's that's it's so real. I am so glad, and I appreciate that Sora took his frustration out on someone else that's on his level. That should not be slept on. Like, I'm glad that he took his frustration of saying I am gay to someone who is gay and that person understands them and can actually help instead of someone that is neo who can't help. And in this depiction of saying, I am gay, is more of saying, I want you to understand that I am gay. And that was the right person to tell that to. That, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't realize that saying I am gay is very different in different ways in this one in this you know in this panels in these two different panels i think you know the author directed this book really well and really good okay guys before we wrap this up i'm adding this in any final last words you would like to say to our listeners
1: if you have any curiosity as to whether it's worth looking into this book yourself, do it. Because I'm <laughs> I'm looking at this book right now and I'm like, I want to continue reading. I need to see how this goes. I'm ready to see Sora get more comfortable with himself and see how Nao and Mr. Amamiya can help with him. Because it's a story that is worth being known. It's a very positive coming of age story for people who are gay, for people who have experienced that. And for people who know people who have gone through that or don't even know. And it's worth seeing that This is more normal an experience than a lot of people realize. And it's worth depicting in such a beautiful way.
2: You know, you be you. Let him be him. Let her be her. Let them be them. You know, let's be us.
0: You know, my final words before I say goodbye to all my listeners. I am glad that you stuck around this long and I really appreciate you guys. And I am proud to sign off and making this my last episode. If you are... In the closet, if you are trying to identify yourself and if you are confused, at the end of the day, you are who you are and you should love yourself and always put yourself first and not let anyone take this away from you. Be your color. Just like this book, Our Colors, you are a unique color and no one can ever imitate you. Love yourself and be yourself. Good night.